Welcome to the Kings Insider Podcast on NBC Sports California, brought to you by Wendy's. I am James Ham. We're going to set today's podcast up a little bit differently. Recorded a pod earlier in the week with the legendary voice of the Sacramento Kings, Mr. Jerry Reynolds. He retired from his full-time gig last year, but he's going to be back this year. So before the Sacramento Kings took on Maccabi Haifa, on Monday evening, uh, Jerry and I were able to sit down and uh, really have a nice conversation about De'Aaron Fox, about Frank Mason, about what his role will be this season as a member of the broadcast team. So let's get to that right now. Uh, Jerry Reynolds, Sacramento Kings legend. Welcome to the Kings Insider Podcast here on NBC Sports California, brought to you by Wendy's. I am James Ham, and joining me today, one of my favorite people in the business, Mr. Jerry Reynolds. Jerry, what's going on, man? Well, not very much here. We're just, as you know, just chilling here, waiting for this uh, outstanding contest, uh, preseason basketball here and the golden one. Maccabi Haifa versus the Sacramento Kings. It's the first preseason home game. Um, you can't really expect much out of these games, right? I don't think you can, no. I mean, you just hope that, uh, that you know, the guys play pretty well, good good effort, nobody gets hurt. That's probably it. You know, we've been watching preseason. Uh, beg, borrow, steal. However you can get a feed, however you can see the game. What are your initial impressions of the squad that you've seen so far? Well, I've been, I've been disappointed with the defense, to be honest with you. Yes. I mean, they just have been scored on way too easy. Obviously, some of the positives, I... I mean, seeing De'Aaron shoot the ball, he's shooting the ball much better. Uh, looks like he really wants to be the leader of this team. And so that's really positive. And, uh, you know, Harry has a real tough edge to him, which I love. You know, he's got a little edge to him. Uh, so, uh, you know, I mean, I mean, Marvin's certainly finding his way, and he's going to continue to do that. I, so overall, it's a mixed bag. You know, I mean, obviously the Phoenix uh, win was nice, but uh, I think you know, just getting scored on too easily. I, I think if they, if they toughen up defensively and as Dave kind of decides who he wants to play, uh, you know, they'll be able to get out and run more and, and maybe uh, put on a better show. Yeah, that's something Dave's talked about a lot. Just the defense is way behind the offense. And I think that's kind of customary with a young team because you have so many guys who are coming in the league who aren't very good defensively, who didn't have to play a lot of defense as a college player. And now they're being asked to do it at an elite level. And you're going to see some struggles. Um, how long does that usually take to wear off? I mean, this could be a bad defensive team, but they could also figure some things out. And, you know, in your your experience, what have you seen? Well, I'll, I'll say this. You know, it's one of those, as you pointed out, I mean, if guys want to be good defenders, uh, you might see a real marked improvement in 20 games or so. Now, it's also true some guys – Five years from now, you'll still be (laughs) saying the same thing. That's right. You know, that's one thing about uh, young players. I mean, uh, as fans, we assume they're always all of them going to get better each year, but that isn't the case. Some of them 
basically prove that uh, they're Golden being young, promising players to out of the league players. Yeah, or even just they plateau and they are who they are and you get to a certain point and they don't get any better and you just count on what they give you or what they don't give you at night in, night out. Try to cover for some of their deficiencies. Yeah, it's like years ago, I always remember, you know, Grant and I were really excited uh, about the prospects of Spencer Hawes and Jason Thompson. We until until we weren't. Yeah. <laughs> Shocking Hawes. <laughs> yeah, they they had potential. They just really both of them plateaued so low, and then I mean they're both out of the league so fast. Yeah, they were both. I mean they both had careers, and I yeah. mean and and probably for where they were picked, tenth and twelfth, not necessarily bad. Yeah. But, but they, you know, you wanted more than rotational players. And the reality is, on a good team, they were rotational players, yeah. not, not starting players. So, so that's all I'm saying is, and, and that's what we'll find out eventually. Some of the guys maybe will hit stardom. Some will uh, be starting level players. Some will be rotational players. Some will be uh, China players. <laughs> that's true. That's true. We were talking about it in the media room before. If you really look at all of the mistakes, I mean, just in this will be my ninth year. I mean, you got Jimmer Fredette who's playing in China. You've got Thomas Robinson, who I think was on a roster somewhere, but likely gonna play in China. You got Nick Stauskas, who's hanging on to his NBA dreams by the skin of his teeth up in Portland. You've got Papi Giannis, who's out of the league. I mean, those are four guys off the top of my head that are just, they didn't make it, and that's eight years. Yeah, and then and, and you gotta throw in Ben McLemore in there as well, and, that this is probably, this could be his yeah. Last great opportunity, you know, so uh, that's the reality of the league. It's a very, very tough, demanding league. You know, you can be the promising guy one year and uh, in a few years, you know, be be out of the league, you know. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of uh, Travis Mays. You're a guy that was around him yeah. years ago. He had a decent rookie season. He averaged 14 and a half points a game or something like that. And then that was it. I mean, he he got a cup of coffee the next year. And then he was out of the league. Yeah, we traded him for Spud Webb, and because really, in my, in my opinion, I, I mean, I just didn't think he's ever going to be able to play at his size point guard, and of course he couldn't, and that's that's why within a within a year he was out of the league. Yeah, absolutely crazy. All right, so they've got three games left. What is it that you would like to see over this stretch that would show you improvement, show you that? You know, I, I like what I see, and I need to see more of it. But is there something you can point to? Well, I do think consistency on defense. Not so much tonight, but honestly. But you know, when you're playing Utah and Portland, you're playing two quality teams. And at the end of uh, preseason, they're going to be trying to play. You know, and I, and so you want to see how you match up. Can you can you uh, impose your will a little bit? Yeah. Uh, on those guys defensively, and can you score on them? And and you know this team wants to get out and run. They want to play at a fast pace, and and you can't play at a consistent fast pace if you're taking the ball out of bounds. Uh, you you've got to get some force, some turnovers, get the ball off the board. And I mean, I, I think if if we see more of that, because De'Aaron, I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, he can put pressure on the defense, especially if he can get in the open court. You know, let's go back to De'Aaron for a sec because. I've been impressed by his mentality that you've seen on the court. I mean, he's pushing the ball, he's aggressive, he's attacking the rim, he's shooting so much better, it's not even remotely close to what we saw last year. He's doing a lot more step-in jump shots. 
as opposed to off the dribble, which I like. I think it's a better look for him. Um, but you're starting to see that maybe there is some star potential there. I mean, he has something, right? Oh, he does. He has star potential. I mean, and that's where the pressure is going to be. But as you pointed out, I mean, I really like the improvement in his stroke. I think he's kind of ahead of schedule in my mind. He's he's better than I thought he'd be at this stage. And maybe even more importantly, it looks like he wants to be the leader of this team. Now, the important thing is he needs to be the leader of this team. Somebody has to. Yeah, you know, not just on the court, but in the locker room. I mean, and, and I think for this team to make a big stride, De'Aaron has to be the guy that's a catalyst for it, in, in my opinion. Yeah, I would agree with you. And I know Dave Yeager talked about it before that there's a void of leadership on this team. They're young, um, but these guys have to come in and they have to earn their stripes on the court before they can start pushing guys around, you know, in the locker room, off the court. And it's something that, you know, all young teams have to go through. But when you look at this season and the Kings are going away from their veterans completely, somebody has to step up and be that guy. And I think Bogdanovich has some potential to be a leader. Um, but really, it's got to be the head of the snake, which is De'Aaron Fox. Yeah, I mean, Bogey is naturally, to me, he's a mature guy. He's been there, done that, you know. And, and you know he's going to provide leadership and consistent effort and performance. But really, the point guard is the guy. If he's a natural leader, I mean, you know, and you look at the good teams, whether it's, you know, Steph Curry or Kyrie Irving or Chris Paul, Damian yeah. Lillard. I mean, this, this is a guard league, and if you're not going to win, without a top-level point guard, and, and so that's where the, the challenge will be, and, and I think with De'Aaron, I think he wants that challenge, but hey, uh, that's what it's all about. You know, the, the, the top top point guards in this league, if you're going to be a top guy, uh, you've got to establish your, it's your team and you're running it. You know, it's interesting that it, Michael Malone told me the best leader he's ever been around was Chris Paul. Uh, I've heard the stories about Damian Lillard as a college player like he developed the donut club where everyone showed up at six o'clock in the morning and worked their butts off and he was leading that and then they would all go get donuts together. Uh -huh. um, so, I mean, it really does have to be that position. Hopefully De'Aaron Fox can get there. Uh, I guess quietly, the guy that I'll point to that's also had a really, really nice first three games of preseason is Frank Mason. He's the guy who was kind of left out. You know, you kind of thought, well, they signed Yogi Ferrell. He's not gonna really get to play. But he's averaging 11 points, five assists. He's turned the ball over only twice the entire preseason, shooting 80% from the field, 60% from three. He's got to the free throw line 14 times, hit all 14. Uh, it looks like he's figured out a few things. How much can an experience like Team USA help a player like this? Well, it helped him a lot, I think, because I, I, I honestly thought he's very played very poorly in summer league. Yeah, but I thought, I so thought too. Team USA, and I think. Coach Van Gundy, I think they got to, to Frank pretty good. And you, to me, really, you've seen a different Frank Mason. I mean, more of a playmaker, uh, being a little more selective on getting to the basket, not not just getting stuffed all the time. So I, th I think he's played, I agree with you, I think he has really played well. And I think obviously the Yogi Ferrell signing got his attention as well. But I do think the USA thing probably was the turning point for him because he's a different player in this preseason than he was summer league. Yeah, I would love to see more young Kings players get an opportunity to go play in a setting like that, whether it's Marvin Bagley or it's De'Aaron Fox or it's Harry Giles getting to go play with the select team and, and get some burn and really learn what it's like to be around the greatest in the game. 
and maybe pick up some things. I think it's a really good opportunity. I, I hope some of the other young kings get to get to have that as well. Yeah, there's no downside. I mean, there's really no downside to that. And, you know, getting pushed from different people, uh, you know, I mean, so, you know, I, I like to say, I think Coach Van Gundy, I know him well. I mean, he's a, a taskmaster, so to speak. And I certainly was good, not going to give Frank anything. Frank had to go earn it, and I think he did. Yeah, I think so, too. All right, so... Again, we're, we're down to three games uh, before we start up the regular season. What does this team have? I mean, it's going to be a rough year. I think we, we know that as far as wins and losses. But do you think there's potential for things to click and for this team to have a moment where they, even what the Lakers did last year, where they won 36 games and they look like an improved product on the court. Do you think there's that possibility this year for this team? Every year there's always about two teams that really overachieve, you know, that everybody says, you know, the crit, you know, I mean, with some justification, you know, decide they're not going to be very good. Last year, I thought the classic was Indiana. Oh, yeah. You know, they, they won 34 games a year before or 35 with Paul George. They lose Paul George, get Victor Oladipo and Sabonis, and they win 48. And, and they, so they got a lot better. And they brought in a bunch of ragtag guys. It wasn't even a bunch of big signings. Yeah. A bunch of guys like what we've seen Sacramento sign. Not ragtag, but, you know, seasoned veterans that you kind of know what you're getting. Uh, you know, Bojan Bogdanovic or, you know, if you really look at the guys that they brought in, nothing super special. It just worked. They just, yeah, they bought in. And it, it did exactly right. I mean, I think they're, they're the best example. You know, you point out the Lakers probably did a little better than you know, than we thought, but another team, I think, you know, Utah, you yeah. know, they lose Hayward, they lose George Hill, and, uh, you know, obviously Donovan Mitchell steps in there, they lose Gobert for a large part of the season. They traded they, Rodney Hood. Traded Rodney, and, and at, the end, at the end of the year, they were one of the best teams in the league. Yeah. You know, so, you know, hey, a lot of it is, it is a team game, and chemistry, uh, guys buying into what their roles are, you know, all that, and you need some guys and some surprises, you know. And, I mean, when you look at Indiana, well, Victor Oladipo, nobody, you know, thought he could be that good. Or yeah. Donovan Mitchell, nobody knew he could be or thought he could be that good. But they were. Yeah, I mean, Donovan Mitchell came out of nowhere to be absolutely incredible. I know during the pre-draft process, he was trying to pitch that he was a point guard and that he could play the position. We see a lot of that with guys coming through draft, trying to convince you of something that they are or they aren't. That guy is just flat out, he's a ball player. He's incredible to watch. And, you know, of course, the Kings missed on him, but so did a lot of other teams. Uh, yeah, you know. sure. It's, it's always that way. I mean, you know, I mean, this league is made up of, of great players that were misses. You know, the Mark Gasol, the, you know, the Dedekumpo, the Jimmy Butler, the Kawhi Leonard. These are all, I mean, these are all Draymond late picks. Green. I mean, yeah. I, you could just keep going. I mean, yeah, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, all of those guys, they weren't yeah, top three picks. They weren't, no. And yeah. uh, I will say, I mean, having so we've talked about this before, and I said as, as the big a misses as the NBA has, it, they're way better than baseball and football. That's uh, you know, very true. I mean, Tom Brady was a sixth-round pick, and Joe Montana was a third-round pick, and Brett Favre was a second-round pick. I mean, yeah, all-time greats uh, were, were misses, you know, and so – the King, I mean, the NBA really, you'll never find a Hall of Famer, I don't think, that wasn't drafted. That's right. That's true. I mean, Don Mattingly was like the 54th round. I remember Mike Piazza was was chosen as like a favor. Yeah, and, and uh, Albert Pujols was a 13th round pick. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so incredible. you know, but but that just shows you how tough it is. I mean, I think the NBA overall does a good job. Boy, said their mistakes. This league's mistakes is a guy should have went fifth instead of fifteenth, or a guy should have went instead of being a second round pick, he should have been a middle first round pick. But that that's really that's really the the, the length of it. Yeah. Okay. So the one good thing is that. We get more Jerry Reynolds this year. Uh, I think last year a lot of people thought it was your swan song. Um, you were off into the sunset and into retirement, and here you are. What is your role going to be this year? Because I think you're not on Twitter. You're not out there putting it out there. Uh, I've tried to inform fans, but why don't you let fans tell, uh, hear from you what you're going to do this year? You know, my plans, are, and really I'll be you know, with you and Jim Kozumar on the uh, pre- and post-game show uh, 31 times a year at home home games uh, and then 10 games uh, I'm going to do with Grant uh, uh, play by play again uh, home game so you know my my schedule is uh, hopefully just home games that's uh, <laughs> uh, that's what I want to do and I know you know with Doug and Grant they'll be great and so it's, it's great for me I really enjoy you know working with you guys especially here at home you know it's a really a great atmosphere here I agree and so people know Katie Christensen had a baby uh, she's going to do some studio work early in the season, um, and, and she's probably not going to do a lot of sideline, especially on the road. She's going to be uh, a lot of work on the sideline in Sacramento. But when the team goes on the road, she's got a little newborn to, to worry about, so she's going to be in studio doing a lot of work there. Uh, Cosmore will be back. I'll be back. So it's going to be a fun season. I, I mean, look, this team may not be very good, but I think they're going to be a lot more exciting than what we've seen the last couple of years. Oh, we're going to have fun. We're going to make it fun. And we're yeah. going to find some fun. You know, we may have to dig a little bit some nights, but we're going to find it. You are listening to the Kings Insider Podcast on NBCSportsCalifornia.com, brought to you by Wendy's. Fresh always beats out frozen. That's why Wendy's uses fresh, never frozen beef on every hamburger every day. And it's why Wendy's is the official hamburger of the NCAA. Fresh beef available in the contiguous U.S., Alaska, and Canada. Thank you, Wendy's.